Welcome to the Direct Republic Podcast, Episode 8. This will be about the four ways you construct a legislature and the four um, models that you use a Direct Republic setup in, a city, a county, a state, and Basically, what we needed when we were kids was a civics lesson, and what we got was a government education. And that's the sad part. The good news is it only takes, like, I don't know, a couple hours to basically forget how poor your education was. Because, let me just get into it, because when things are missing, when there's obvious holes that are missing, you kind of tell that your, your education was put together by idiots. So... Everybody got the the rundown of what a direct democracy is and what a constitutional republic is in school. Let's be specific with the terms. Um, Direct democracy is, you know, direct is is just you, and that's you doing your social thing. That's, That's you being in charge of it. Democracy is, it's kind of a twofer. It's your social agency, and it's combined with voting. Now, voting has not been a good idea since Socrates hit the floor, and nobody wants to admit this. They keep saying our democracy is being threatened. Yes, good. That is fine. It is okay. It is better than not. Now, some people would say you're better off to have nothing, and I would say there will always be something. Uh, Human preference for action over inaction will cause a void to be filled. You can call it a power vacuum, but it's really more, um, there's a need there that needs to be filled and someone will put something dumb together that functions before anybody puts something together smart that functions. And I mean, honestly, it's just a normal build, build process. Um, you start with a prototype and you learn from the failures of your prototype. So when you put democracy together with directness, you can get mob rule. Do I think this really happens? Yeah, it kind of can. And the real problem is a lot of people think a secret ballot is a good idea. And of all of the things you can't have, it's a secret ballot. Everyone must be accountable for their vote. If there are other things going on where some people's physical person is threatened because of the way they vote, that is a far worse problem than whatever we're voting on today. And that needs to be apparent. So if for some reason someone has a, you know, reservation about open public voting, maybe the, maybe you don't understand civil society is about taking accountability for your own actions. It's not and working with others, but really civil society is taking account for your own actions. No, I will not participate in this endeavor. Yes, I did participate in this endeavor. Why? What happened? Did it go sideways? Am I liable for something, even though I wasn't part of the crew who did the destroying? I was funding the crew, you know, so there's there's liability and taking care of your end in whatever kind of civil disagreement you're going to have with someone let's keep it civil instead of making it controlled by a third party which is you know not direct 
the, the real problem with direct democracy is the organizational model isn't there. Okay, especially if you're going to have secret voting, you don't have any real organizational model. You have everyone expressing what they would like and then no functional governance around it other than, you know, public tantrum or not. Um, you know, direct democracy is very not specific. So then you get into constitutional republic. Now, a, a cons the, the definition of constitution is not really an argument here. A constitution is just a legislative artifact. It, you know, it is the first of all of the, your legislative artifacts, however you want to define it. It's, it's basically the beginning of your laws. The thing that you are all agreeing on or supposed to all agree on. And uh, the functioning issue with the Constitution is that you don't write it. Now, if you could agree to it and you're one of the signers of it, okay, that's fine. But if, if you do not do that, then it's functionally a centralized process where somebody else did this for you, and that's not necessarily a good idea. And then it's not necessarily how you would have done it either. So it doesn't come out for good or ill. It doesn't come out the way you would have done it. When you get down to a constitutional democracy, it makes a lot more sense. <clears throat> the concept of democracy makes more sense when you have a constitutional document that fundamentally defines how the democracy will function. That way you have this uh, organic structure of okay, if the democracy gets out of hand, we have this fallback structure, which, you know, should have been, should have brought us into the process. It shouldn't, shouldn't just be the safety net. It should be the initiator of uh, getting ahead of the problem in the conflict. Well, that's what we live in. Because when you get down to the word republic, it doesn't mean anything. People just say it. But the, the word republic is indistinguishable for, from any mechanic that you and I would, would represent in three-dimensional space. To be specific, when you take the representative out of the constitutional republic, it instantly becomes a constitutional democracy. All of us would vote instead of our representative. So the representative is voting. If we were to remove him, we'd be voting. It's not a fundamentally, it's, it's a democratic process but it's referred to as a republic. And what I'm, I'm stating is that if the word democracy is fundamentally, uh, uh, if it's a, such a fundamental part of a republic that if you, take a, if you take out the representative, you're just doing a direct democracy, then there's really no, there's really no reason to just say democracy by representation. Uh, republic doesn't even seem to have anything to do with the concept of democracy by representation. It functions in one way, but then it's referred to in language in another. And, and it doesn't, it's not even an accurate representation. So because we have, you know, e-machines now and we don't need representatives, why is this all of a sudden functionally, you know, when, upon further inspection, it's just a democracy that's been titrated into a fatal funnel. So fundamentally, we're trying to make this better than all of these, you know, it's not that democracy is an indescript term. It's not even that directness is an indescript term. It's that direct democracy is an indescript system. So you get a constitution worth of structure in there and you call it a constitutional republic, but it's not really a republic. 
because it functions basically like a democracy. So we're living in a constitutional democracy, and the republic portion here is going to have to be an improvement. Otherwise, everything I'm telling you is a waste of everyone's time. So a republic, think of it like the Senate floor, is a presentation forum for debate. But that's it. It doesn't come with the voting part. It doesn't come with the method of adjudication. And when you're done, instead of everyone voting <clears throat> on every measure, you only go and get involved in the measures that you want. So instead of having one outcome where all of the money goes to, you know, for or against the measure, everyone in the room heard all of the presentations. There wasn't two. There wasn't just two. Maybe there was just one. If, if there's only one person who knows how to solve the problem and they're there with, with solution in hand, then maybe you only have one solution to the problem. If you have two, then you'll have two. If you have five, you have five. If you don't have enough people to solve the problem, you might have a bigger problem than the one you're facing. You might have a straight-up educational problem where your society is now in jeopardy because one, only one guy knows how to solve the problem. And that's really not the problem we're suffering from. We're suffering from a mechanical choke point where all of the money goes and then we make an A-B selection instead of here's where we go to glean our information on the, on the topic and then four or five different outcomes are presented and the amount of money that anyone puts into it goes into whatever bucket they wanted. So we'll see what the real market appetite is for these functions and we will see who wants to put their money where because it's fundamentally not going where all of us think think it's going. It's it's obviously going to black projects or other nonsense, and then there's deficits to boot. So none of it's fundamentally, you know, tethered to reality because of the printing press. And then it's even more ridiculous because the even though it's not fundamentally tethered to reality, it is tethered to a group of people who are holding on to it. So Basically, everyone using the dollar is absorbing the second and third order effects of however these people are going to run a monetary system. And until everybody kind of gets a clue on how to fix the political system, they don't really get a hold of the monetary mechanics. So politics is the war in way of fixing the monetary system. And you have to fix the politics to fix the legal system because the legal system has a control of the monetary system. So this starts to look like a Russian T-Doll defense where someone is intentionally setting up layers. We could say that the human dynamic is really complicated. Okay, fine, we could say it's really complicated. But it, it really more appears to be a layered defense of someone has flipped around the logic on every single portion of this and someone has to file suit to make it stop happening instead of why the hell did this ever happen to begin with. So the functioning concept here of a direct republic is that you, everybody is going to sign the constitution. So uh, when I was describing it before, a constitution fundamentally is a centralized event. It's a group of people doing it somewhere else. It's, it's kind of not you. But I can say that I'm describing a contract law society where you basically have your eighth grade civics class, but at when you're done, you sign a document that basically has you agreeing to certain things. Now, the, here's the fun part. It, everybody's going to agree to this. No murder, no rape, you know, no, you know, the, a very short list of positive human harms. We are not asking you to do things. We are asking you to agree to not do things. 
you're agreeing to abstain from certain things. And this, and the, uh, the concept of bundling has to be illuminated here. This has to be a minimum viable product. If everyone who was to come to this country was to agree to not murder and rape, would we be listening to these uh, immigration issues? Okay, I understand there's a welfare system. What I'm saying is everybody seems to, this is a whole country filled with immigrants, but people seem to think that immigrants coming here is a bad thing. Well, wait a minute. What do they have to do to, to come here? And then people say assimilate to the culture. And wait a minute. America is, again, melting pot of cultures. I live in Texas. I don't care that people speak a lot of Spanish down here. It would be irrational for me to think that a bunch of non-Spanish speakers should live in Texas all the way, all the way to the border, right? That would be ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. So when people say that you have to assimilate, what's the minimum viable product? Where does where can we all say, okay, if a human being is not going to agree to this shit, they can't come here. Hell no. And then there's a group of anarchists that say, hey, you can't tell nobody what to do. And I could say, we, the, ho the homeowners of the North American landmass, can indeed band together and ensure that there will not be vagrants who do not agree to certain things like not murdering. So when you're not as when when the uh, when the question is, will you abstain from something? This is the most reasonable request, regardless of your opinion. It's the most reasonable request because you are required to do nothing to give this other person something that they want. You could use it as leverage. I don't care. The point is you're leveraging this signature for I'm not going to agree to these certain things. And then what is it? It's entry into civilization. You know the baseline rules. It doesn't mean you don't have an education. Because if you don't have an education, you will be subject to fraud. Civilization comes with complex fraud. You want to go out into the woods, into Amazonian tribes, and you want to try to rob them? It's going to be difficult. They don't care about your money, white man. They don't care. Most of what you would bring to them in that place is you're just carrying a bunch of shiny baubles around. They don't understand what camera equipment is. So it's, it's a very strange life when you come, you know, you go and see what humbler living is like. I'm not making fun of Amazon people. They come from very humble living and then you just start climbing your way up civilization like it's a trash heap because it kind of is. But when you get to the top, the view is pretty nice and the, the areas are safe to walk around in because they have people who pay some people to, to be on watch. I don't give cops any slack, but at a certain point, yes, there is a security network. Why is there a security network? Because someone is breaking the baseline rules of murder, rape, harm, and, you know, um, theft. Now, there's some people who would make argument about property rights and the theft thing, and I would say this. Just because you don't agree with the concept of property rights doesn't mean you get to inflict whatever your concept is on someone else. So when someone else has property rights and they say, this is my property and you don't have to respect property rights, but you don't get to come into my house, you know, at a certain point, um, the irrational person is stating, I just don't believe in property rights because, you know, property rights are not a belief system. Property rights are a method. Now, you might not be familiar with the method, but it's not an opinion. It's this is how this is done rationally or not rationally. And then there's I don't believe in things. That's usually I don't understand what I'm talking about. And 
property rights are just a fundamental organization structure by which you can leave your house and there is not an expectation that someone can come and camp out there once you leave. You know, you're going to be at work for eight hours. At a certain point, everything is a function of time. How long can you be gone for your house before some other human being declares that place open? Open and suitable for someone to move in tomorrow. And, you know, the answer fundamentally is never. That that person might have that house and then might have another one. And they might go between the two. And someone else can't tell that person they can't do that. And there's a lot of people who are fundamentally, they're just trying to control a property rights system, which is civil. It's basically, it's, I mean, fundamentals of civilization is you have to have property rights. Because if you don't, you will not have any peace. People will be worried that they can't put their stuff down. They have to set up shop. They can't, fundamentally, the concept is called political risk. There are people who won't invest in certain portions of the world because the government there will then lay claim to the property and their shit will be gone. And there won't be a call, you know, call the federal government and then see what happens. You might be able to do that. But even then, they're not necessarily going to get your shit back. They, they're going to use that as a poker chip in their, in their playing game. But you might just be a chip in their game now. And you might have to be, you know, doing tricks for some senator just to get your issue tabled, you know what I mean? So political risk is the concept, but you don't necessarily think about political risk when it's local. But it really does, you know, the concept does carry all the way down to if you don't understand property rights, you might have some human being claiming that they own you. So the thing about expressing your own self, you know, I don't like the phrase self-ownership because it implies that humans can be owned. And I don't want to ever refer to yourself as an own. Well, I guess the term is non-transferable property. Like your body would be considered non-transferable property. I'm almost certain that every system is supposed to have an exception. And I think a human body would qualify as the exception to all of the rules. But then someone would argue with that. So let's just go with non-transferable property right now. When you have a system that you have to sign up for, inclusion is inherent. So it doesn't drag anybody into the system, but it includes everybody who wants to come on board because you're not, there's no, there, the only components are you have agreed to not do certain things. Um, I mean, this doesn't stop murder, but it really does change the way the legal system approaches murder because it's not that civil rights aren't important. It's that you have to understand in, in certain civil rights situations, you want to be the person who can assist the cops. Okay. When you have a legal system that, um, is punitive for giving up information that is exculpatory. Like let's, let's be clear. Our system is pejorative to give up information even in an exculpatory manner. So because you can't necessarily show up with, um, you can't necessarily help without exposing yourself to risk. That's not the kind of system you and I want to have when we have to catch a murderer. So when you agree to not do these things, it, all, it, all it states is that you won't do them. How different legal systems will handle it after that will be up to you. It'll be up to the individual. So it's not why I'm horning you into this system. I'm saying 
the first layer of a, of a uh, decentralized legislature, a direct republic, is we recognize certain problems cannot be fixed by a legislature. And because certain things can't be fixed by a legislature, we need to have a legal system that incentivizes helping the people who are uh, looking for that kind of behavior, but those people have no power to do anything to you over those issues. You have agreed to not do it. Here, here's like here's my cell phone data. I was at this place. Go away. It was not me. But <clears throat> as soon as you give them that data, they are then in the current setup. You might be looking back. Uh, they could go look at your data and then make another claim and come back at you with it. When you're dealing with a legal system of your own choosing, it doesn't get like that. There is no cops who you can't call because there's pot here. There's coke on the table. We can't call the cops, even though somebody just got shot at in here. So the, one of the functional problems is the way cops are, are coming. They're, they're not coming for one thing. They're coming in for everything. And there's no reason for that. They shouldn't be looking for coke. They should be looking for people trying to shoot at other people over any reason. So when they have distracting factors to come in and deal with this kind of shit, it's completely unhelpful to everyone. It's not a system you want to pay for. So the question is, how does one have a legal system that's put together for the individual and doesn't come back to bite you? The first layer of that is you. And then you hook yourself up to a legal system. Alan Dershowitz, Andrew Napolitano. He's going to make sure that the kind of security that you're dealing with is not lunatic and looking for anything. They're not looking for trouble. They're only looking for the real harm that's being done. They're on watch looking for adult things. They're looking up real cases. They're not necessarily trying to generate revenue and, and you know, make the activity point schedule. So... Understanding how this all gets flipped around in that legislature is really the trick. And you want, you know, you're going to be the first guard. You know, it, oh, let me rephrase. Just call it, I'm giving you my best, my best angle at this, which is the individual needs to know how to defend themselves all the way to Donnie's level. And that's where you get in the, into a direct republic type legislature. After that, who's the next guy you want to be dealing with in your legal system? And it looks like Andrew Napolitano. It doesn't look like any of these political hacks. So understanding how to apply this model to the, uh, to the, the systems is... I'm going I'm to make a break here, and the break is going to come after this. From here out, I'm just going to be describing the layers of the systems. But this is functionally how it works. You have to understand you're going to be your own senator and you're coming out of that legal system. And the legal system that you are now, just it goes away. If there's a bunch of walls in your mind that the legal system has erected in your head, it's, impre it's called impressionable. You were given the impression that it worked like that, but when you stop dealing with the legal system, it just, it just flies right out of your head like, like it was never there in the first place. Hmm. So... Um, the next portion of this is going to be on how it applies to the, the different structures. So I'll just start with the city because everybody lives in a city. And a lot of the things that you're going to relate to in your city 
are local to you and that you have imagery that I don't even know what it looks like. It's not relevant. Your city council, whatever it looks like, it functions like a legislature. And if you're all behind a mayor, then it functions like an executive. So it doesn't really matter how it, how it functions. It, you can apply this method to it. The, the first question you have to ask yourself is why does City Hall have all of these vital portions of the city in one spot? And the answer is for control. It's certainly not for convenience. So when you have people who are not even industry professionals in the roads or in a business cycle for the Better Business Bureau or um, for the Chamber of Commerce and, you know, uh, security best practices mm -hmm. like the Better Business Bureau, why do all of these vital functions go through through this one office in your city? And the answer is because this nonsense came from way before the lights came on. There wasn't electricity when this control structure was erected. And now we are living in fundamentally a Jetsons world by Flintstone rules. So I know there's a lot of people out there who are kind of sick of their city stuff. And, and it's because they have to deal with the local stuff and they realize that Government at every level is useless. It just takes everyone a while to figure out what level is useless and uh, to what extent. And, and that's just their own life experience. They have to go slam into it a bunch of times. So the guy you have to look at with city models is Walter Block. Okay, he's the guy who will show you how to do property down to a razor's edge and all of the things. And you have to do this in a city because to, uh, the city is the smallest unit and it's going to be, by its nature, it's geographically centered. So the Better Business Bureau needs to be who does your roads. And they keep an eye on the Chamber of Commerce and the Chamber of Commerce, they don't... Now, so this is where I, I want to break some terms. A lot of people would say sales tax is bad, is, is a tax and taxation is theft. Okay. And we're going to change that term so that it's more accurate. This is a usage fee, okay? It's a usage fee for all of the public downtown. And the businesses downtown collect that. And if you don't like that, you don't shop there. So you're, you still don't have to pay those taxes, but you don't have to, by not shopping there. But you can't say these people are required to service my desires and I am not required to pay the extra to, for the road to get here. So it doesn't make any sense. And, and there's collective infrastructure, you know, roads and certain water, sewer systems, um, electricity systems, we can go on. They are fundamentally done by an industry professional who has, who then reports to the government, like it's some kind of Eastern Bloc gulag. And when you find out what the regulatory state does, it's nothing. They collect pensions and they fundamentally don't do anything. So rather than having an inefficient system you start looking at all of the stuff that your government has and just one thing at a time, you figure out how to get that thing either on a public ledger. So this is where I, I tell all the crypto people, I am not talking about any kind of privacy tokens, no privacy contracts, no privacy anything, because all of what I'm talking about is public. So anybody who hears cryptocurrency and privacy and Donnie's public ledger, no. There is no inherent privacy on what I'm talking about. This is literally all the public stuff. So we're not talking about people who do private transactions. We're talking about all of the public information being accessible to the public because the control measures of people having to fill out FOIA requests and there being a door where 
the public servant back there isn't serving the public. And lo and behold, if they did, their boss would get fired. So that there's always 184 ways about how this information doesn't get out. And now it, just, it needs to not even have to be asked for. It, that kind of stuff needs to be inherent in the system or that system will be inherently corrupt. Well, while anyone who wants to debate me, that's fine. What, what you have to understand is I am installing transparency and functionality into public. Everything that people are calling public, you can functionally do that by having a transparent model. And the transparent model has less fuckery in it. And the fuckery is where the real predators are hiding. Um, real human predators hide behind illusions. That's it. As soon as the illusion comes down, those people are had. Because they, they, you know, they use their words and they use the tone and they lie. They obscure the events from people. They keep them ignorant of what goes on when they're not around. And as long as they never find out, that's just how it works. So, so functionally, Walter Block is your guy who can answer most of your questions. How would I do a city? The first thing you have to understand is we're putting all of the public, everything on a public ledger. So at a city level, you might get some pushback from your county or your state. Depending upon how big of a city, you might get pushback from feds. But I, um, small cities would probably only get county and state pushback to, to start doing this kind of stuff. Because basically, you're not going to take any county or state money, but you're not going to take any other shit either. So you, the, whatever city you have is functionally going to become a city-state. Now... When you start looking at doing it at the county level, honestly, if you have enough people to do a city inside of a county, you, you probably have enough to do the whole county. That's where you get serious pushback from federal and state. And the, the you'll get the same amount of pushback from the state because most states don't have a lot of uh, resources. So one, um, the Free State Project is a really good example of this up in New Hampshire. Um, you know, they kind of fundamentally just do whatever they want because there's no one around there that can do anything about it. So, but then the state house in New Hampshire will of course maintain that they, that they own the jurisdiction of yada, yada, yada. And, you know, they will proclaim forth. So the, the way to avoid having some other legislature decide what happens to you is to show everybody not only is does that legislature over there not have a hold of me, but here's how to make it not have a hold of you too. So um, the county level seems to make the most sense to me because when you get a county deed register onto a public blockchain, um, the deeds is where a lot of this is controlled. I mean, at the end of the day, you're talking about fundamentally, you know, whether you want to call it copper military, you're talking about land forces coming in and taking your land back. When everyone agrees that this should be on an open public ledger, because every bland owner wants to do that, the mayor doesn't want to do that. The mayor wants to have leverage to go and take land for X amount of reasons. And as many reasons as he can get his hand on, because the more money he can get his hands on, the more it can appear like he does stuff around town. So, you know, any, any big boom you've seen the mayor, and you know, showing off all his good works, go find out how much public or, or private property he confiscated to get that done uh, through all of the things that you can are told are legal. You know, go find out how that works. And it's not always as pretty as you think. So 
hitting the county is makes sense to me. If you have enough people to do a city inside of a county, you probably have enough to do the county, and that's where you get your land deeds back. At that point, you're you're still performing the city state, but now you get to start getting mouthy because when it's a whole county, you start advertising that you're an economic freedom zone. And that county then has to deal with, you know, once that county ledger is has been flipped inside out and, and tons of the landowners have basically declared their deed not owned by that land ledger anymore. I understand what the state of Texas will do, but at that point, there's a blockchain ledger. So you'll find that a lot of the bullshit that goes on inside of a county goes on inside of the county. People inside of the county get bullshitted from outside, but the whole state doesn't necessarily hear what happens inside the one county. So you, you start leveraging having a public accessible blockchain to the whole world where a bunch of people intentionally took their deeds off and now some government agency is going to declare they're not allowed to have their deeds. So at a certain point, you start reminding these public servants that they work for us. It doesn't work the way they demand. It works the best way we know how, and then someone has to maybe be in charge of it. So the city might not ever get rid of their mayor because he's the project manager that keeps all that stuff together. And he is hired by the Chamber of Commerce because they hired him because they know what's going on and they know the guy who's going to go and get the stuff done. And it's not a popularity contest. It's a competency. Um, as far as public access to stuff, that's where it really helps to have the state involved. Because the state is where you get a driver's license and, I, and you don't need permission. Nobody needs permission to travel around with their car. But when you're wandering around in a 3,000-pound battering ram, there are other issues that need to be secured with insurance. That insurance structure needs to be as far... The way you're looking at your laws right now, they're just statutes, but some of those statutes provide an intelligent organization. And that organization is preserved through its natural mechanics. Will you get insurance for a car if you do not have a certification? No. no none of your insurance agencies are going to give you insurance until you have some kind of certification. Well, that currently just comes from the organizations known as states. So when it comes from another competent accreditation of, yes, this guy is certified, then he can go and get insured. Then he can, once he has his insurance, where does he go? Onto the road for an easy pass. So he's going to get his easy pass based on the, the previous documents. This is exactly how the state does it. Okay. There's always a way to set this up where you leverage the natural mechanics of someone behaving intelligently. Does this keep people you know, all of the systems now, does it prevent people from moving around without insurance? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. So to say, because there's penalties that will put someone in jail over this ignorant nonsense, remember, it's only an issue when one of the uninsured people causes an accident. It's not even a problem when one of the uninsured people gets hit. So the insurance is there in case of an accident. It's not there so that someone can declare this person owes them money because they wandered around without insurance. I, I don't think wandering around without insurance is a good idea. But again, you, you might be leveraging your car over it because maybe that in an adjudication system where you don't have insurance, <laughs> somebody might not let you take your car away. That, that might be surety on the bond of your damage. 
So you just have to start asking yourself questions like, how does this get all put together without coercion? And the answer is the same way it would without coercion. <laughs> you have to figure out that process. So the more you can get your city involved and your county involved and your state involved, the, the easier it is to start turning systems ergonomic. And it doesn't have to be the whole state at one time because it's actually nicer when, when the state titrates out of existence. And then you're left with a minimum viable product. And the, and the only problem there really becomes like, if you, if you can magically refine all this down where you get to whittle the layers of bullshit government off until you're down to your minimal viable product, and the only pedantic thing you really have left is this thing claims the right of authority over me, I would still give it the coup de gras, go all the way. So don't think that your, your minimum viable product is the goal. I think you need to have a mindset of civilization is an individual event and you have to know who's participating and who's not and everyone has to be on the same sheet of music and they have to get that way through education. But really what everybody's getting is a government education and they're not getting any civics involved. They don't know how anything works. They just do what they're told like a bunch of ignorant children. Well, you can't give ignorant children the vote. And now you got people trying to lower the voting age because apparently the ignorance isn't thick enough. So there is hope for humanity because they have to recruit more children to vote because the, the ones that they were bullshitting last week, they're growing up at an alarming rate and they're not able to bullshit them anymore. Um, I do a lot of talking about this on the federal level and I try to keep it federal for all of the other, all the other talks. So if you want to listen to that, go. I have other talks on... I know the federal breaks down, but I will briefly do it here. And it's, you're doing all of these things peer to peer. So when I'm describing how you're going to take these systems apart, it's, you're not, you're not taking them apart. It's you're, you're changing that relationship from the state doesn't dictate you walk in a circle and do these four paperworks and then you go, it's, you now have four processes you have to understand and why those processes exist. And then you change those relationships to peer-to-peer, -peer, and they make a lot more sense when they're done in the open. So the concept agencies that the federal government has are stuff that's nowhere near your house. These are not things that you relate to on your city level. The NSA is not anything in your city. Mm -hmm. So some of these, I just call them concept agencies. To some people, they don't, they don't functionally exist in their lives. They have no idea why their money goes to pay for them. And that's the... The fundamental thing is a bunch of those things might go away because nobody's going to pay for them because they're kind of ignorant. So doing this on a federal level, when you don't have to pay for anything on the federal level, what do you pay for? And, you know, some people are going to very rationally pay for defense, but defense is not being done properly right now. It's being done according to lawyer rules. And um, I, I would just say that the way every, you know, if you think the lawyers are doing good, I would tell you that all we need to do is merge Canada and Mexico together with the United States and guard the whole place like a risk map, okay? You guard the bottom from massive waves of immigrants coming here who do not speak any of the language and do not understand the basic rules of not murdering. And the rest of the place is very easy to watch because it requires, you know, equipment and skills to get here. And if you show up in that way, we probably wouldn't even notice because that's the way it happens. You know, humans, they do stuff and they don't ask for permission and that's the way it goes. So when you get these peer-to-peer -peer services, sometimes a process goes away because you find out the only reason it was there 
was that the, the fiat money printing of the government was keeping it alive artificially. And I would just say that's not an accident. I would say that some agencies are going to go away because all of the brother-in-laws that they were supporting are going to go to jail when everybody thinks it's not going to happen. I think Trump is going to, Trump is definitely going to win because he's going to parade a bunch of government servants around in hand and handcuffs here real short. Like, so don't be too surprised if you see certain things go away because they were basically just funded ignorance and that, you know, if anybody thinks the government isn't funding one thing out of ignorance, that person is extremely naive. There, there's no reason to take that person credibly. So I, I don't know if this helped. I hope it helped. It's basically take the concept of a decentralized legislature and apply it to different layers of government. And you see how the models break down in different ways, different services, different functions. The, the real high, I guess the easiest way to, to try to put it is there's a bunch of things that are centralized in Washington and there's no reason for them to be centralized. So the first thing that happens is you decentralize all those topics into individual topics, at which point they make a hell of a lot more sense. Each individual topic is not so difficult to figure out when it's not controlled by a third party that fundamentally doesn't have anyone's anyone's uh, best interests at stake. Most of the people in Washington are using that kind of nonsense for leverage for other things. So, you know, some farm bills don't get passed because there wasn't enough support because, uh, you know, I wasn't willing to call in the favors. That doesn't make any sense. That's not rational judgment making. That's horse trading across species lines. It's it's apples and oranges and horse trading all at the same time, and nobody knows what ends up. Except that's what comes out the other end. That's what we get to see. It's it's just fud and nonsense. So the whole point is to try and take these things back, it, and the understanding has to be taken back first. If you don't know how to fix the problem. You won't know when the person who claims to be putting the solution in place is telling the truth. So, um, thank you for listening, and uh, the edited copy of my book is finally up. Uh, thank you, Dave. Mr. Dave Narby um, edited the book. So, new copy is up. Um, I put a an MP3 up. of That's just the read aloud. Dave is also doing an audio book, but that will be done. You know, the edited copy just got finished, you know, 10 days ago. So... He's talking it out with himself right now, and I put up an MP3 that has the the PDF read aloud function. So if you just want to listen to it, there's an MP3 there that you can hit up, and it'll it's about two and a half hours long, so it'll kill a couple of commutes. Thank you for listening, and have a great. When all of your flaws and all of my flaws are laid out one by one A wonderful part of the mess that we made, we pick ourselves undone All of your flaws and all of my flaws, they lie there hand in hand Ones we've inherited, ones that we learned, they pass from man to man There's a hole in my soul I can't